When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right here on 104.9 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's when Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack that inspired him, plays those songs for us, and based on these selections, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And my man, Pat, I'm sorry, my man Harge got it with uh, any four o'clock hour. About the third hint or clue, if you will, and ended up figuring out that Guardians of the Galaxy, which is coming out this weekend, I believe. I yes. mean, Chad Hastings already got his tickets to go see Guardians of the Galaxy uh, with him and the fam. Me and wifey actually might do that, too. And hard, you said you and your kids are going to see it because DJ's a big Marvel yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a Marvel guy. Uh, so y'all going to end up seeing it, too. But this is actually the uh, the anniversary six years, you said, of six Guardians years. of so the Galaxy. So 2017 Volume okay. 2 came out this same week. There you uh, go. Yep. Good so, soundtrack though. Yeah, dude, they 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 understood and it plays into the movie and it, it it's a, oh, it's a huge part of uh spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert, spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh but yeah, like basically his one of his connections, sentimental connections to his mom is the the tapes that yes. I guess he made during that time or that she made and he plays that music basically literally a soundtrack of his life in, with his Walkman. Groot and Groot there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't think Guardians has made a bad movie yet, so we'll no. see about uh, part three. Which and is I love out. their cast. Great cast. Yeah, their cast is really good. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. with you on that. I, I, I'm a big fan of the cast. They did a really good job. I yep. actually knocked it out of the park with the cast. Isn't Bradley Cooper like the raccoon? Uh, I think so. Isn't he the raccoon? Yeah, from yeah and Groot's Vin Diesel. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I didn't realize. I didn't know that, and actually. And Bautista's in there, Yeah, too. Bautista's good, too. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize Vin Diesel was Groot. Talk, I mean, Vin Diesel was one of the most typecast actors in the history of Hollywood. That's why he's. I mean, he only like plays that. like one or two characters, yeah, and it's yeah. always a Vin Diesel like character. Yeah. So for him to do group, all he does is say. Do you know Vin Diesel's a singer? Don't. He, do you know that? Is he no with? Is he way. with Antonio Brown? That's is he the not background? True. Oh, it's true. No, it's not. It is true. We need you to play a song. What genre of music are we talking about here? I, I think Diesel. it's kind of like pop crooning. I don't even know what that is. I, I, like I don't know because it's not. Let's put it this way: is it grunge I, pop or something? No, no, no. I would say like, cr- like it's kind of like because he's got a deep voice. He doesn't. I, I also say. haven't listened to it in a very long time. Wow. But it was something that somebody sent to me a while ago because oh. you know we make fun of people and <laughs> so someone <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, I'm got a rabbit hole. Of this I, this is a thing. Vin Diesel yes. has. Why is this not more common knowledge about Vin Diesel? Because I think there was a whole thing where he was like on the Kelly Clarkson show, and they were talking oh, he about it. Something crazy like no, that. Feel no, like, like I he was do promoting is one of his, his music. Songs. It's called oh, Harsh Found It. Feel like I do. 
feel like I do. Yeah, and it's a dance music. Oh, I, I know it's midweek movie music, but man, I gotta tell you, one yeah, Patrick, day, one day we're going to play someone. It's Vin D. I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> no, I'll listen to it in the break. I'll listen. To, I don't even know if it's worthy of playing. I'll listen to it. Oh in the no, break it's definitely worthy. I don't know. Seven, I, I don't know if there's it. seven tracks of it worthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was just talking about him being typecast. Yeah. Hey, the man did he? He don't want to be put in the box. No. Yep. So good for Vin D. So, and I'm gonna check that out in the break. That is. Wow, talk, that's why I love Patrick, man. <laughs> random little nuggets like that. Vin Diesel singing. And he's absolutely right. He was talking about it on the Kelly Clarkson show wow. in 2020, talking about his music as well. Yeah, yeah you know what? Good for her. She yeah. got him to open up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing that she got him to open up. Because I don't think what I've ever it, heard him it, say not, It's not like I keep up with Vin Diesel, to tell you the truth. I'm not like a fan. Vin Diesel. What do you mean, Rod? Oh, is that your Dim Diesel? Was what, that it? What, what do you mean? It's just the way that everything goes. Not bad. Not bad. Listen to it. Hey, you got to say family every third word. <laughs> then, then you can do the, the Fast and the Furious. Do you want me to do it like Brian Kelly or do you want me to do it like Vin Diesel? <laughs> that's, a, that's a Fast and the Furious line. Family. The, you want family? Or does that is great. Family. Uh, speaking of, this is random. We'll get into the NBA here in a second. <laughs> speaking of Hollywood stars that said strange things on talk shows, do you hear what Nick, Nicolas Cage said? When he was on, uh, man, I think he was on Jimmy Fallon, maybe he was on. He's too much, man. I don't know who he was on. He was on with somebody, and he saw it. Oh, maybe, actually, maybe it was, uh, it might have been Colbert. I saw him. I saw a clip of him with Colbert. It was Colbert. Yes, thank yeah. you. It was Colbert. And he said that he, re- he, he has memories of being in the womb, oh my shadows, God. faces. I'm not making that up. Me too. No, he did. He said, listen. I know this sounds really far out, and I don't know if it's real or not, but sometimes I think I can go all the way back to in utero and feeling like I could see faces in the dark or something. I see. This is so. I, <laughs> What's wrong with people, I used to, man? I used to do stuff with this uh, group called Master Pancake Theater that's kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000, but here in town. They do it at the Alamo Draft House. I hope I used to run sound for them. Yeah. And they did a Nick Cage thing. And the way they described Nick Cage, is where, like the best way I've ever described, is Nick Cage his acting career, his whole career is like abstract art where it's like, like it's it. just kind of like some people get different things out of it and you put it. Mm. But if you look at it that way where you're like, he's just kind of throwing stuff at a wall and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you're right. that it makes sense that an abstract artist would be the guy to go, I can see, I can, I could see in utero and I could, you're like, yeah, that makes sense that that guy would say that. I, I'm with you about he, it, the, just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing the That's why his roles are so random. Like yeah. he, his roles, he's probably as random as it gets in terms of the roles that he plays. And sometimes it's magnificent. And sometimes it's like, uh, that was a swing. It's and like, miss. what are you doing? Yeah. And he doesn't care, though. Yeah. He's trying to hit the home run every time. He's, no, trying, he's to. trying to get he, a check. He, uh, that, too. Well, he's trying to get paid. He's admitted to that, too. Yeah, yeah. no, he's like, yeah, because he actually had some money issues, I believe, right. too. Take, because, take care of his mom. Nick too. Cage is Kyrie. That's <laughs> what. Well, I don't know if he's known for being like I don't know, like a, a cancer to the no, like like he, to a to a film or anything. He's just a diva. Like all. I mean, he is that good though. We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like Kyrie has a reputation for being yeah. like a cancer to a team, which he wasn't for the Mavs. I met Nicolas Cage in Colleen, Texas, at a Mexican food restaurant when he was filming. I want to say it was called Black Hawk. It was a movie that he filmed, and it was filmed wow. on Fort Hood. And I didn't realize it was him. I was, we was just I having dinner. I did not realize it was Nick Cage. Yeah. You didn't realize it was Nick Cage? No, I mean, that was in his early, early stages. And I was, you know, in my world at that time anyway. So I just wow. saw him. I was like, is that Nick Cage? Yeah, that's Nick Cage. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's wild. 
Yep. Pretty, see, I told you, Harts knows every damn body. Yeah, he wouldn't know me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you knew him. Yeah, I did. I uh, that's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. All right, random Nicolas Cage conversation. Sorry we got into it. Let's talk right, about like some other celebrities and stars. A lot of star power in the matchup last night. The Lakers with the win over the Golden State Warriors, 117 to 112. And, gentlemen, Anthony Davis, speaking of stars, he was a star. He shined brighter than all the other stars last night uh, out there on the West Coast. 30 points, 23 rebounds. He had five assists. He had four blocks. How about this stat? I know Patrick will like this. Only two players have ever recorded at least 30 points, at least 20 rebounds, at least five assists, and at least four blocks in a playoff game. Tim Duncan is the other, and Anthony Davis last night Mm. is that guy. So, yeah, that's pretty elite company to be in uh, when it comes down to him. And they just had no answer for Anthony Davis. And if he plays... At that level, not saying he's going to get 30 and 23 every night. He's not going to be wilt every damn night. But if he plays at that level every night, Lakers going to be hard to beat in this series. Absolutely. They really are. And that that was the biggest thing that I was talking about as everything was happening. You start looking at it and you say, all right, is he going to be able to get after it? Is Anthony Davis going to be that guy that can play the Batman? I mean, to play the Robin to Batman, which Mm -hmm. is LeBron. Is he going to be consistent? Is he going to play hurt? Is he going to be that guy that if things get a little rough, is he going to be able to step up? And at times, during the time when LeBron would be out of games, he would step up. He would be the guy that was the catalyst. Firebirds is the name of it. Thank you, CB. Shout out. That's right, with Tommy Lee Jones. Good job, Thank you, CB. Um, But, yes, you start sitting there and you're looking at it and you say, all right, can he be that guy? Now, can he sustain it? Is he going to be able to repeat that performance? Not necessarily getting 30 and 20, not having to be that guy, but being a guy that can be enough of a person to be able to let LeBron be LeBron and help his team win. That's the Anthony Davis that I want to see. He Mm. was the one that was supposed to be the next superstar in the league. We were talking Mm. about it yesterday. Who was going to be the next MVP that's American? He was supposed to be him. It was. He was the the guy. The brow. You're the brow. He was the brow. Marketability and everything. He was supposed to be the guy, but he dealt with all the injuries. Mm -hmm. He he became very fragile. Mm -hmm. Then he was temperamental. He wanted out of New Orleans. And and that was also the deal, though. You have to give him. New Orleans was in the point where they sold the They basically made them get rid of the owner get rid of the team yeah the nba owned the team for a while so there was some issues that new orleans had in that point where it makes sense that he wasn't necessarily the happiest there yeah because they weren't really trying to win they were just trying to make money i actually saw him play yeah. in new orleans during the during the sugar bowl he was still there they were playing dallas and he played his butt off during that time and then he was gone right after that. Yeah. It was when we were there for the yeah. Sugar Bowl. And it turns out, remember, Mike Florio says that the ownership, because I believe it was the same ownership of the Saints yep. and also of the New Orleans Vincent. Pelicans at the yeah. time. Yeah. And remember, he says they were going to trade Sean Payton to the Cowboys, but the ownership were already getting so much backlash and so much negative blowback from the Anthony Davis trade. Mm-hmm. And they basically said, we can't do it. We yeah. can't we can't trade both. We can't trade a Super Bowl winning coach and the face of a, another franchise because the fan base will turn on us and they'll never forgive us. And that ultimately, Anthony Davis is why Sean Payton never became the Cowboys head coach. Right? Isn't that wild? And that is crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, getting back to it though, uh, Anthony Davis, if he plays like that, gentlemen, I mean, you know, it's not just the only him playing like that, but 
his presence in the paint, period, like obviously offensively but defensively too, it really changed the entire complexion of this matchup last night. We talked about the most glaring statistical, um, really kind of outliers in this game were the fact that Golden State shot 53 three-pointers. 53 of them. Now, they made 21. They made 21, so 39.6%. So they made a good amount of them. But 53 three-pointers, and then you compare that to the uh, the six times. You brought this up, Horst. The six times they got to the free-throw line. Only yep. six times. Six. Which is, is mind-blowing. It just shows you they were really lopsided in mm-hmm. their offensive approach with their offensive mentality in this game. Yes, the, the Lakers gave them the outside shot and gave them a lot of space on those three-pointers. And, I mean, they are the most prolific and the uh, best three-point shooting team in the history of the NBA. So that is a bit of a gamble uh, if you're yep. the Lakers. But the Lakers wanted to dominate the paint, and they wanted to dominate uh, the on both sides of the court. They wanted to dominate defensively and offensively. And they really, that gamble paid off for them. Yeah. The Warriors just, if the Warriors would hit two or three or more of those three pointers, they win the game. They didn't. They were right under 40%. And if you go look at the way the game worked out, Warriors were plus 45 from three point range in this game because the Lakers were terrible. They were (laughs) six of 25 from three point range. So Golden State outscored them from the three point line by 45 points. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, making the stallion size, but is the Lakers were plus 20. From the free throw line against the Warriors, and they were plus twenty six in points in the paint. So they did their their mentality, or at least their game plan, was more effective because they won the paint and they lost the three point line. Usually, that's a recipe for for disaster going up against the Warriors. Yeah, and you would think too. You start looking at it, okay, Steph and what they were able to do. Steph and Clay were nineteen of forty nine shooting, and also twelve of twenty nine. But you look at how efficient the the Lakers were. They were very efficient with the way that they were playing. And the fact that they went to the free throw line, as you Mm -hmm. talked about, 29 times. That's the difference in the ball game. And you you had mentioned this in the first hour, Rod. (laughs) You were talking about how Steph could create, but they weren't letting him get to the lane. They were not letting Steph create his shot getting into the lane. And that was a huge part of his game. In the previous series, it was, it was. now there you got a rim protector, which we were begging for for AD. We're like, he's got to be able to play in the paint because Looney is not going to be that guy. He's mm-hmm. all he cares about is getting rebounds. If you can push him out and not let him have those big rebounding numbers, they don't get second chance shots. They don't do that. So now you're looking at and you're missing those threes. It's a totally different ball game. And again, they only lost by five. They only lost by Mm -hmm. five, and that's the part that scares me if I'm a Lakers fan. If I'm a Lakers fan, I'm looking at this game, and I'm saying, we had AD play at a very high level. We had good bench scoring when uh, 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 Schroeder came off the bench to be able to be effective. We had great defense by Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. on that. Are you going to be able to repeat that? I'm I'm looking at the Lakers, and I'm saying, if they can play slow and steady and just continue to keep this tempo, but if the – the the Warriors get hot, that will be the biggest challenge because we just saw the Lakers can't shoot threes like that to come from no, behind. No, and I mean, let's look at it. the reality is it's and especially in a really good series like this, it's not like you're gonna have one game plan and play it for four to five games, right? Yeah. Because you, you just can't. Adjust, yeah. We understand Steve Kerr is in there making adjustments right now, 
And two of the things he's saying is we have to take way better three-pointers. If they're giving us threes, we need to be on the line, set, feet squared, at the basket. Go get that three-pointer. If it's an extra pass, make the extra pass, and then pass it back. They're not guarding us heavy. So we can, if we can get those shots, let's go get the better ones. We'll hit the more shots we'll win. The other one is you cannot play a, a pansy style of driving the basket. Yeah, you got to be aggressive. trying to hit these, throw up these layups three or four feet away from the basket where you're not creating contact. And go in there. Get mm-hmm. Anthony Davis in foul trouble. Hurt him. Like, it's not hurting him physically. It's just yeah. go in there and create contact because in the fourth quarter, you're going to put the wear and tear on his body as a big man. You didn't do any of that. The only wear and tear he had was bumping with Looney on rebounds. Yeah. I okay. mean, because y'all weren't coming after him. Yep. And Steph's going to have a problem doing that, especially if they're going to continue to try and double team him and play him very tight at the top. He's not going to be able to do that as much. So Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, those guys have to drive to the basket hard, and you're just going to try and make a late movement with the ball so that Kick they're going to bump bodies yep. and then throw it up at the basket, and you're, you're normally going to get that call in today's NBA. So if you can do that a little bit more, I get Anthony Davis is blocking shots, but you were letting LeBron and Anthony Davis block shots because you're letting go of the ball so far away from the basket mm-hmm. trying to get a layup instead of going in and creating contact and knowing exactly where your defender is and knowing exactly where your release point is. Yeah, to your point about the free throw attempts, the Warriors' six free throw attempts, the few were the fewest free throw attempts when a team is taking at least 53 pointers in a game all time right? in NBA history, both history. regular season or playoffs. <laughs> so, yeah, you just don't see a lopsided stat line like that with a team, uh, like Patrick said, that you know is so great from outside uh, but not trying to penetrate, get into the lane, and not trying to create contact at all. They will they'll remedy that. They, 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 I guarantee you they looked at that in film study and went, guys, we got to be more aggressive, get into the paint. Steph, who's an amazing shot maker, we talk about being the best three-point shooter of all time, which he is, but he's also an amazing shot maker once he gets in the lane because he's got great handles and in that Sacramento series you talked about this Harge he was great at getting to the lane game seven he had 12 shots in the paint and was eight of 12 on those shots and we know some tough ones too I mean there was some ones that he looked like you know uh, Jordan-esque if you will in the paint making some of those uh, Cirque du Soleil shots in this game versus uh, the Lakers game one he only had six shots in the paint and he was two of six yeah so different, different totally game different. altogether. Yep. Um, so he's got to be better there. And I think, you know, the Lakers didn't have 10 blocks. 10 blocks. Yeah. Shout out. Four shout for out Anthony to Davis, three for LeBron James. Yeah. yeah. Just That's seven between those two guys. <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean, and this is the – And, when, I, and when you say the adjustments, it's going to be what is Darvin Ham because Darvin Ham already has to be working on, hey, what do we do next? Man, we were lucky to get through that game with basically one game plan because you knew we had another one ready to go if they start hitting threes. You can't go in and can't go, hey, let's play space. Matador and, yeah. and see if they hit threes, and if they start hitting them, you just play it out and lose by 40. I totally You agree. can't do that. So what is that next role, and how well does that work? And, you know, what do you do when Anthony Davis starts missing those bunnies yep. and get in? What, do you, what is your next plan for Darvin Ham as the Warriors respond? That's going to be a lot of fun to watch going into the game, too. His next his response is going to be, hey, LeBron, tell me what I need to do. Because I know that you got the breakdown on this already. Because here's the other part of it. You know, we were talking about Looney and trying to keep him out of there. Looney had 23 rebounds as well. And he he had a double-double himself. He had 10 points. That was the most aggressive I had seen him play in a very long Mm -hmm. time. Now, 
you take that away from him because, remember, that's not his game. His game is to get all the rebounds. But after that, who is going to be able to lead them on the bench? Poole comes out. Poole is basically another starter. That's what he does. I mean, he tries to shoot every time. As soon as he comes in the game, he's putting up a shot. He don't care about none of that stuff. He was he had 21 points. He was plus seven. But who is going to be the other guys to help? DiVincenzo, he's normally pretty good, too. He didn't do anything last night. And yeah. he's, he's one of the yeah. other guys. He's one of their better shooters. When Steph takes a break, he's normally the guy that can come in and shoot. He didn't do anything last night. It's one thing you got to give the Lakers credit for. They had a really uh, good game plan for Steph. And you talked about Jared Vanderbilt earlier. Man, his 26 minutes, invaluable. Very much so. Two blocks, two steals. He had two assists. He was two of seven in those 26 minutes, but just was able to help harass uh, Steph a little bit. And also give it up for Dennis Schroeder. He harassed Steph a little bit, too. Yep. Um, it was, and he's quick enough. At least he can stay in front of Steph. Most people can't, can't even stay in front of Steph. No. He's quick enough to at least stay in front of him for a little while. It actually picked his pocket yep. at midcourt. Never see that with Steph. Steph had five turnovers in this yep. game. Now, Steph is going to get his. You ain't gonna, You can only hope to contain Steph. You're not going to stop him. But him with five turnovers and having 13 points on his first 14 shots before he got hot, that's that's all you can really hope for going up against a goat and, like that. And I mean, and then we get a look at see what LeBron's going to do because I know LeBron mm. had a lot of impact in this game. This was not a great game for LeBron. It was Anthony Davis's game. He shot really poorly. Twenty two points on twenty four shots is not a good line. Yep, that's a Trey Young line. That is <laughs> not, that's not a LeBron line, line right? That's a yeah. Trey Young line. I like so that. Uh, you know, that there's he needs to improve his game. Because if he plays better, this game isn't close. Well, I was just about to say, you know what he's going to tell you. I'll be better next game. Exactly. Be no, I, I, he, he will is. be. And you that's, know, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he's yeah. that dude. Exactly. So you know he's going to be better. Yeah. And that's it. And then the Warriors have to figure out, well, if AD's playing like that and then LeBron shows up, because he wasn't, his offensive game wasn't there. We let him, you know, he shot himself out of it. Yep. He did exactly what they were doing to us. Yeah, shot out of it. He did. He has LeBron's just not shooting well from three point range right now. It's just not happening. He's best when he can get to the lane. Uh, right now, he just doesn't have his outside shot. But really, if the, they can dominate the paint like they did in that game, they really don't need no. LeBron James to be hot from outside. No, he just needs to be consistent when he comes in and and, and he'll be, pick his game and be more efficient. Yeah. Like back hey. there. Don't be a volume shooter. Don't be Trey Young. No, yeah. no, you don't want to do that. But this whole he cannot be a good shooter thing is not true down the road yeah and i know they're worried about being the warriors right now but you understand you're this is not that you're playing the six seed yeah like <laughs> it, this is not a oh well we'll get through this and then we're going to easy road to the rest of the playoffs no so you have to remember you need to figure out problems that you are going to face if you can beat the warriors you have to think in the sense of what are we going to do next lebron has to figure out a way to get that shot to start falling so people have to come out on him a little bit more, so people have to respect him more because that'll open up Anthony Davis even more. That'll open up the pain. He has to get that shot to start falling at some point, but he knows that as well as anybody else. The, yeah. This is the Warriors' first loss uh, in the history of the organization when they've hit 15 or more threes than their opponent. 15 or more threes than their opponent. And teams, by the way, that made at least 15 more threes than their opponent have won 96% of regular season and playoff games. Hmm. 
they just not used to it. when they when they hit when they hit from three point range like that. They I hit. guarantee, this, yeah, this is having like a kind of a de- uh, I don't say a devastating effect, but it's definitely uh, an uncomfortable, um, strange position for uh, Golden State to be in because they did hit a lot of three pointers. Yeah, they just lost. Yeah. Um. So, but I I agree with Patrick, man. They if they just moot one dribble up. One extra dribble, just one extra shots. pass, and I do think they hit two or more three points. Why are you heat checking over and over? Yeah, yeah. in rhythm shots. They come You're off, a great they, shooter. They get that shoot dribble well. handoff, and they would just shoot initially, and just they'd be like five fly. feet from the three point line. I'm like, but the defender is behind the three point line. Let it <laughs> just fly. move up. A it's, step or yeah, two. it's like it's like shooting free throws with your eyes closed. I get you're a 95 percent free throw shooter. <laughs> Go ahead and keep it at the 95 percent, then yep. knocking it down to 65 percent because. Maybe you're good at shooting free, but at 65, I prefer 95. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. They were working harder last night than yeah. they needed to work. I totally agree. Great point. All right, we come back. Um, I'll get into the uh, the Bijan Rojo conversation. Apparently, uh, there are some uh, rave reviews about Bijan and Rojo already. These guys haven't even practiced, haven't even put on the pads. Uh, we'll tell you what their numbers are in the NFL now, but also go over why Bijan is ranked as high as he is among the fantasy football players and Rojo, the scouts for the Bears saying that uh, he can end up being a culture, uh, kind of a really a culture guy for them, a locker room guy for them. We'll talk about that more right here on Ball Don't Lie, Wonderful Night Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He's mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butt. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, real quick, before we get into uh, talking about Bijan and Rojo, two two stories about two Longhorns drafted into the NFL um, that I think will give a lot of Longhorn fans some uh, it's kind of good, good mojo uh, about their two of their favorite Longhorns in the draft. First of all, the numbers. So uh, we talked about this, I think, a little bit yesterday, but Bijan's going to be number seven. It's done deal. It's official. That's going to be his number. We all know. That was a famous number seven for the Falcons once. And hopefully Bijan will uh, make that number seven even, instead of infamous, make it famous. There you go. I think it was more infamous than it was famous uh, with Michael Vick. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. And (laughs) Rojo reportedly is going to wear number 30 with the Bears. Okay. The Bears. The Bears. Yeah, he's going to wear number 30 with them. Okay. I can rock um, with that. Yeah, and he obviously wore number two in college, but DJ Moore, I believe, wears number two there. Mm. He's going to be a power back, 30 fits him anyway. But I want to get to these um, reports from the scouting, oh, sorry, a scout, a Bears area scout, John, I believe his name is Saiti. If I mispronounce it, I apologize. He actually has some great quotes about Rojo because I, I think he was the lead scout, mm-hmm. uh, scouting Rojo, the Southwest area scout for the Bears. And this is what he had to say. Just quotes about <laughs> his evaluation of Rojo. Listen to this stuff. This is great. This is how you know Rojo's going more to just make this team. Uh, Man, Rojo might be a bear for a while. He said, quote, this is a young man who has some pretty special qualities just in terms of his leadership ability. He's someone we really feel 
can become a pillar in this organization for a really long time. I feel really strongly about this guy. I'm excited for you guys to meet him. There's a level of it factor to this kid that the second he walks into a room, all you guys are going to feel. I'm a little bit emotional about this kid. We Mm. spent a lot of time with him. Coach Walker went down and visited with him at Texas. We worked him out at Pro Day. This kid has been through a lot of adversity, and there's a reason that we selected him today. I have a feeling this guy is going to be with us for a really long time. Said it again, twice. Uh, He went on to say, this human being is wired differently. The more time you spend around him, the more you realize you're the one that probably has the stuff that you need to work on. (laughs) He's that kind of guy. He also went to say, I don't know if I've ever written a guy with higher character than him. He uh, scouts say written, they mean evaluation. This is like them, they write up an evaluation. He said, I don't know if I've ever written a guy with a higher character than Love him. Love it. Love it. He said, He just emulates everything we want a Chicago Bear to be. I just can't say it enough. The it factor about this kid is special. Mention it factor twice. I mean, that's a that's a lot of praise. Mentioned being with the being with them a really long time twice, and then said I've never evaluated a player with higher character than Roshan Johnson. You think this guy's gonna be fighting for Rojo mm-hmm. to be on that team? Damn. I mean, I wish a scout wrote about me like that. I was going to say, don't we all? Don't we all? He's he's writing like he wants this guy. Rojo could date this man's daughter. That's what it sounds like. He might be able to date his wife. It depends on what they're into. You know what I mean? There's a little wife swapping going on. Rojo might be the guy. (laughs) You listen to this evaluation. No, Uh, because he's going to tell you you got to get your life together. (laughs) Rojo would decline <laughs> yeah, exactly. the invitation to swap with your wife exactly. like that, man. You need y'all, to get your y'all life need some together. counseling, man. Exactly. I will counsel y'all. <laughs> I ain't married, but I bet I can help y'all out. Uh, but no, Rojo, they always say in, in the NFL you draft uh, you draft the person and the player. Yep. And if you're a good organization, you do. If you're a bad organization, you just draft the player. Real uh, smart, man. But you draft the person and the player. Uh, it's pretty obvious this scout is all about the person and the player that is Rojo. Uh, uh, the the uh, GM, Ryan Pohl, said about Rojo, quote, this, guy, this was a guy I was shocked that he was still on the board. He is a really good football player that I know is going to be successful in this league in many different ways. And on top of that, probably you could understand from talking to him over the Zoom call, he's an unbelievable human being as well who is going to enhance our culture, enhance our locker room, and continue to meet the standards that we've put in place. Fair to say they love them, some Rojo. And we do too. Uh, You hear what uh, Bijan said about Rojo? He was asked about Rojo. Listen to this quote. And Bijan's a religious man, right? Very religious. I believe mm-hmm. when they asked Bijan, well, the first thing he was going to do when he got his signing bonus, he said, I was going to tie it. And then he said, I was going to buy a dog. I think he said he wanted to buy like a wiener dog. It's like a, a wiener mix of some kind. So he was going to pay his tithes, all yeah, right? Yeah. And then he's going to buy him a dog with his, with his money. Um, when they asked him about Roshan Johnson, here's what Bijan said about Rojo. Roshan is a god. He brings out so much in a player and the team just with how he goes about being a leader. Not just his teammates, but everybody in the community. His toughness and heart make him stand out over everybody. Well, I don't see any lies told either. Man. I mean, all the reports that we've heard throughout <laughs> the time that he's been here, that's exactly what it's been. What did, what did Coach Sark say? Said the same Man, thing. I got to thank those guys for mm-hmm. what they brought to me and this team. Yep. I mean, they, he, he don't know where he would have been without those guys. No, Rojo, you can argue, remember, Rojo was the one that called the team meeting after losing the Tech. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. And, and he, 
because he was a quarterback at a natural leadership position, he understood that this team needed a leader. Yep. God bless Quinn Ewers and, you know, God bless, you know, Casey Thompson, all those guys. When Quinn Ewers was the quarterback and Hot Hudson Card, I, I thought he did really well last yep. year. Yep. There was a an uncertainty about that natural leadership position at quarterback yep. because of injuries and other things. And I think, honestly, Rojo kind of supplemented that void where they needed leadership. See? Because he was a quarterback. Because he, he was that quarterback. And no. I, there's no doubt that is not lost on all the scouts and not lost on Bijan either. So, so a lot of praise for Rojo. Uh, here's the praise for Bijan. Uh, just really quickly while we got some time here. Uh, we all know that Bijan is going to be – I've given you the numbers about why Bijan is going to be so prolific with the Atlanta Falcons. But how about this, guys? Uh, pro football focus post-2023 NFL draft fantasy rankings. And hard, you said you saw some other fantasy rankings mm-hmm. that also echoed this very same sentiment. Very much so, guys. They got him number one overall. They got him ahead of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase <laughs> as the top fantasy players overall in their projected fantasy draft or fantasy rankings. I should say. Hey, he he ain't even he ain't touched the damn ball yet for the Falcons, yeah. and they're like, no, no, no. With that scheme and with his skill. It, it's, it's guaranteed that he's going to be pro, not going that he don't get hurt. He's going to be prolific. And what I say, I think he's going to be the best running back in the league as soon as he gets there. I said it as soon as they drafted him. I'll back it up now. They he's going to be the best running back in the league as soon as they start handing the ball off to him. The way that they <laughs> run their offense, the numbers that we've seen from guys mm-hmm. that aren't at his skill level, <laughs> that is going to be the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he could catch the ball out of the backfield, he's a three-down back. You don't have to replace him. He can block, too, by the way. He worked on that when he got here. Figured that out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you, there's some growth there, man. There's some growth there. Uh, I, I, I think Rojo's going to have been a starter, too. I think Texas is going to have two starting running backs, potentially, uh, at one point. Obviously, I'm not saying this year, because Deontay Foreman, mm-hmm. by the way, is in that backfield with Rojo. Hello. And he ain't giving up that spot. They're going to work hard for re- it. Yeah, remember, and even Justin Fields admitted this, the Bears essentially stole the Ravens' offense around week four or five when they were getting ready to play I believe it was they were getting ready to play the Patriots, mm-hmm. and they were watching film of the Patriots, and they saw Lamar Jackson's film versus the Patriots, and went, "Dude, Justin Fields can do that." And yep. they admit to taking a lot of those concepts. The reason that matters for Rojo is because they run a lot of multi back sets. Yep. They want two tailbacks out there. And, and what do the Ravens love? Stockpiling running backs because they run the ball so much. And nobody in the NFL runs the ball more than the Atlanta Falcons. Love it. Uh, and uh, so that's good for them and good for the Bears because the Bears are second. If you look at running rate or rate uh, of rushes in terms of how often teams run the football, the, the Atlanta Falcons are 51%. That's the highest in the NFL. There you go. The Chicago Bears are right there. They're 48%. They're right there. Well, that's that because their category. quarterback was running it. Exactly. Yep. So that's going to be good for both both of these guys that they're going to really uh, run heavy offenses uh, at the NFL level. Great fits. All right. So uh, there you go. A little nuggets there for Longhorn fans out there about Bijan and Rojo. Expect big things from both of those guys at the next level. All right. We come back. Uh, here's some of the texts about uh, Nicholas Cage. Apparently, Nicholas Cage really popular on the Specs text <laughs> line. So we'll hit some of that. And also the bad news for the Mahomes family. Uh, one of the Mahomes brothers is acting up. Guess who it is? Uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one of one on the horn.
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick plays uh, jams from a soundtrack uh, that inspired him. And based on the selections that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And today's featured film is Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, uh, because Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3 actually is coming out this weekend. But also, this is the six-year anniversary of Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Love the soundtrack, too, man. It's a great soundtrack, actually. Um, I think I got Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the soundtrack for that one. I don't know if I got Part 2. Yeah, uh, I know, because 1 was a really big deal because it was the first was time the first, you yeah. heard that kind of, you're like, oh, man, that's really good. And they put all that really good music together. Yeah. So that, yeah, it, that, it's a very eclectic soundtrack. But I don't think I've actually heard the soundtrack for Part 2, but uh, my man Patrick always doing a good job broadening our horizons. Speaking of, I was going to get into the... Um, I was going to get into that Patrick, sorry, not Patrick Mahomes story. It's about his brother. So I apologize to Patrick Mahomes. Um, but we got to table that because there's some bigger news here. And it kind of relates to some of the conversation we were having. We had a conversation about Nicolas Cage earlier. And I don't even know how we got on the Nicolas Cage. Oh, we're talking about just stars who had said weird, crazy things yeah. on talk shows. And he had said that he remembers <laughs> being in the womb. <laughs> he said that on the, uh, it was the Colbert show. But anyway, we were talking about Nicolas Cage. And somebody on Specs Exxon brought up a really good point about Nicolas Cage, about how eccentric Nicolas Cage is. This is true. Uh, they said, who else does a movie about themselves? That's not a war hero. That's true. He does have a movie about himself. I forgot. It's about the, I got the, the title of it is, is a tricky title. The immense talent or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. The, the, he's the in unbearable the burn of immense talent, yes, I believe. there you is. go. Yeah. Have you seen that one? No, I have not. It's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty it good. It looked pretty interesting. It is pretty. It, it's honestly, if you're a Nick Cage fan, it is, it's a must watch if you're a Nick Cage fan. And the movie he did before that, which he says is it was his greatest masterpiece, Pig. Have you seen Pig? No. It's actually really good. He's like a chef or something okay. like that. And then he has a pet pig. That's all I'll spoil for you. Spoiler. <laughs> really good. I don't think it's his best work. His best work, in my opinion, just as a pop culture critic, Adaptation. Have you seen Adaptation, Nicolas no, Cage? But I, I know what movie you're talking about. Oh, with Meryl Streep? Yeah. Oh, easily Nicolas Cage's best work. I, I'd put it up against any Nicolas Cage film, any of uh, his top movies or top acting roles, and I, I guarantee it blowed it out of the water. So you're not a National Treasure guy? I actually enjoy National Treasure. National Treasure is a fun movie to watch. It's not like, uh, you know, he's not he's not elevating the craft or anything. Yeah. But I think he elevates the craft in that adaptation. Okay. He's one of those ones where it, it you can see why he's attracted to the role, and then he knocks it out of the park. He actually plays, just a spoiler alert, plays himself in the movie as a twin. Just going to throw it out there. That's the only thing I'll spoil for you. But it is great. It's long, but it's definitely worth it. Oh, I might go watch it this weekend. Great Nicolas Cage film. All right, this is also Hollywood related. Do you watch Yellowstone, Patrick? No, but I, I know about it. I, I've watched, and by the way, Yellowstone is falling off. It might have jumped the shark. Maybe that's what's going on right now. And maybe it's because of this news that they got 95 spinoffs of it, too. That is true. They got 18... Oh man, I can't forget. You got yeah, they got a got nineteen twenty two and an eighteen eighty two. I might have gotten the dates wrong, yeah, but something, something like they that. got yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of prequels and stuff like that going on. Uh, but the latest bombshell is Kevin Costner. He's out. Kevin Costner is exiting the show after season five, following reports of an ongoing conflict with the co-creator Taylor Sheridan. He's out, and the reports are at least a rumor mill suggests that our own Matthew McConaughey, the Minister of Culture is going to replace 
Mr. Costner. Oh, well, as the I mean, marquee star in Yellowstone. Is uh, with the Writers Guild, or are they just going to put it all in chat GPT now? <laughs> that is another issue uh, altogether. I don't know what they do about that if the writers actually go. Are they on strike already? Yes. Okay. If they don't resolve the strike, I should say. And yeah, honestly, this is probably why a lot of shows jump the shark or ends up losing their um, creativity a lot of the time is because the writers do leave. Because writers are like coaches. You had a really, you got a good show, a hit show. There are other uh, companies, other, you know, uh, I say broadcast companies, other shows. They'll just come steal the really good writers from your show if you got really good writing on the yeah. show. And oftentimes that's what happens by the third or fourth season of a hit show. All the writers have gone on to something bigger and better. Or they're, they're, you know, dividing their time between that project and another project and these other projects. When at first that was their only baby. They yeah, devoted yeah. everything, their heart and soul to it. So just like coaches, staffs that get raided by other programs because they want to replicate what they're doing happens in Hollywood all the time, too. Well, and especially if you're going to have spinoffs. Eight. Great point. Then, well, we're going to send this guy over to do this one and then we're going to put this guy over. And now we have no one back on the original. Yeah. And, and we then, just hired some new people to do that. And, and then Kevin yeah. Costner wants out. Kevin Costner wants out. He's getting divorced, too. Is he? Yes, I just saw that. I is he believe. buying a uh, <laughs> he buying a house and, and man, Kevin Costner's got so much money, man. He's gonna he's, buy he's steal the dreams house. I didn't realize he got seven kids too. He's got seven kids. Yeah, that yeah. seems right for a guy who's been famous for thirty years. Well, he's got him with like three different like, yeah, multiple like, women. Yeah, I mean, like he's he has not worried about money. Yes, in my adult life. No, he has Cinda, Cindy Silva. Started dating her way back until they had two daughters and a son. Then they divorced in the late, early, or mid-90s, I should say. Uh, had a brief relationship with Bridget Rooney. Uh, and they had a son in 96. Dated a political activist. Uh, then dated Elle McPherson for a while. Shout out. Nice job, Kevin Costner. Uh, then in 04, he married his girlfriend. And, like, she's a designer, too. Um, and they got married in his ranch in Aspen. They had two sons and a daughter. So, yeah. That's seven kids. And they just filed for divorce, too. Or, or sorry, she did. I don't know if that matters. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd watch, I'll watch Yellowstone if Matthew McConaughey is playing the same character as when he was Boomhauer's brother in, in, in King <laughs> oh, of the Hill. Now, years later, he's yeah, going to become a uh, cowboy? <laughs> yeah, if he's, if he's still that, if he plays that, I'm, I'm down. That would be cool. Honestly, Matthew McConaughey's going to kill it in this role. I would Honestly, there's a good chance Matthew McConaughey could be better than Kevin Costner in this role. I'm not, I know that sounds crazy, but... Man, Matthew McConaughey, he's he's got he's got that type of ceiling as an actor. It just depends on how, what the writing is around him because I've watched Yellowstone the latest season and it just ain't as good as it used to be. Y'all all know that. We if you Yellowstone people, y'all know it just ain't as good as it used to be. Not even close. All right, we come back, we'll get into NFL news notes and nuggets. Michael Parsons switching, not switching positions, going to defensive end full time, I should say that. Uh, also, we'll talk about the Texans considering chemistry, the whip appeal between quarterback and wide receiver when acquiring uh, their latest target for CJ Stroud, their new franchise quarterback. We'll talk about that and Puna Ford having a new home. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to the horn.